Hey, welcome back to Earth Like Heaven. My name is Doug Ressler, and joining me as always is... Robbie Sherry. And Robbie and I are here to help you close the gap between earth and heaven in your life by learning to live like Jesus. Robbie, we've been talking about how the way of Jesus is the best way to live. Indeed. It's a better way to live than maybe other ways we might choose to live, whether those are other ways that other religions propose, other philosophies propose the way the world proposes, the way I want to live, whatever it might be, right? And so one way to think about this, and I do think people talk about this a lot, is that, you know, kind of the, another way to put the question really is, what is the good life, mm-hmm. right? And so again, if we, if we believe that Jesus's way is better, and we go to the Bible to read about his life and actually see it in action, then we talked last time a little bit about what is it that makes Jesus's life compelling, but let's dig a little deeper into that. What is it that makes the, the life that Jesus lives good. Yeah. Because I do think a lot of people, Christian or not, would say, yeah, like Jesus lived a good life. Like he was a good guy. I don't ever hear anybody say, oh, Jesus was totally insane. He was a punk. Or, yeah, or a jerk or evil <laughs> or, you know, like no one ever says that. Everybody looks at Jesus and there's this sort of general understanding, no matter where you come from in your life, no matter what walk of life or what background or whatever it might be, what belief system, everybody sort of acknowledges generally, yeah, like the way that Jesus lived was good. So what do you think it is about the way that Jesus lived that, again, people find to be so good? Like what are the things that, they, that you would tag? I mean, that's an interesting question. I, I anticipated you asking me, why do people see their own lives as good and and why what would compel them to give that up for following well Jesus, we can talk I about suppose. that like let, I mean, those let, are the... let's talk about that and let's tag that and let's talk about that in just a second okay. that's a great question too yeah because i do think i think a lot of people do see their lives as good and like hey man like i'm i'm doing pretty well and i'm right. living the good life so, so we want to compare better right we want to compare and contrast like the good life as jesus lived it that people look to and go, yeah, like that was a good life. And then the good life is we live it. And and then, yeah, maybe then ask the question, what is it that makes this one better than this one? Well, I think the, on paper, if you look at the life that Jesus Which is on paper, lived, by the way. It, a papyrus, maybe. Yes, I don't papyrus, know, animal skin, yeah, something Probably like in that. papyrus yeah. font. If you look at... Yes. <laughs> do, you, do you think they're like, well, I'm writing on papyrus. <laughs> yes. It would be a sin to write in Times New Roman. Correct. <laughs> We right. should write in papyrus font. Papyrus font. font. I, yes, I think that's I probably agree. where yeah, it came yeah. from. Luke probably invented papyrus font. And Paul was like, yeah. what are those webding things? Right, right. And Seriously. Luke said, aha. Yeah. I think that his life doesn't seem good if you just list it out as factoids. You say, hey, here's a guy who was born into abject poverty. Mm-hmm. He was a working man who then got the outcasts, if you will, the ones who weren't good enough to go to seminary or to the synagogue mm-hmm. teachers who had to take the occupation of their, their fathers. And he, he gathered up 12 of the greatest misfits you could ever possibly totally. gather. Yeah. He lived homeless for three years, often not knowing if he was going to have a meal or where he was going to sleep, and then died a horrific death that was totally unfounded as an innocent man who did so out of his love for us. And you know what? You should do the same thing. Right. But no one looks at, no one would describe Jesus' life that way. Right. right? But I mean, I'm saying, that like, is a way to that's describe what it. Right. Some yeah. people go like, why yeah. would I do that? Right. Why would I do that? Right. So, so why, so people don't look at it that way. So how do they in general look at, whether it's the students that you serve or the people that I encounter yeah. on a day-to-day basis, like why is it that they look at the way, what is it about Jesus's life that they find good? You're right. Everything you just said is 100% true. And if you just sort of break it down that way, you go, 
Why, that sounds why would you ever follow yeah. this guy? Like that sounds. Can horrible. I get a root canal right, after yeah. that? Right, right. <laughs> right. But right, seriously, but obviously his his way more. was so much more. So what, what what's the more that really draws people in? What I think people who take the time and consider what the life that Jesus lived actually produced in him what we all want. Hmm. I don't think that people see Jesus as stressed, yes, as hurrying, right, as ever anxious. Hmm. as complain, he seems to have, he seems to be this historical figure who was always at peace. Hmm. There is a, a gentleness yeah. about him. A kindness. There is an approachability. Yeah. Yeah. And regardless of, of people listening today, regardless of the job that you have, regardless of where you live, what you do, what you own, if we can be intellectually honest, we go back to this, I ultimately want those things. Mm. And my pursuit of those things manifests itself in how I spend my money, Mm -hmm. what I do with my time, these sorts of things. But the reason why I think Jesus's life is good and worth examining is because you take everything else away. That's what we want. Mm -hmm. We want peace. We want to be satiated. We want to rest well at night. And I mean, this is what social media is built on. Yeah. Social media is built on this premise that if you live an awesome life, other people are going to give you a like or a thumbs up and it's going to affirm for you mm-hmm. that your life is incredible. And what we found is it's almost the opposite effect, the deleterious effect of we compare ourselves to these yeah. other people. Right. We then think, oh, I don't have as good of a life as yeah. they do, so I must be doing something wrong. So I've yeah. got to get more, do more, et cetera. And it just goes exactly against the life that Jesus lived. Yeah, we can't measure up to the other person's highlight reel. You right. know? I mean, fundamentally, that's that's where it, where it comes down to with the social media piece, and, you, and you're right about that. You know, I think the other things that I think people find compelling is I talk to people and I say, so what is it you find compelling about Jesus' life? What is it that, why, why do you think Jesus is good? You know, they'll often cite, right, his acts of compassion. Right. There's a sense in which the fact that Jesus includes the outcast, the leper, the the broken, the paralyzed, the lame, the deaf, the mute, the blind, you know, women, foreigners, like like a sense that sense of inclusiveness, like people find that so attractive in Jesus, right? Yeah. He, there's just Jesus never seems to meet someone that um, he he just he just never seems to meet someone that 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 he has no time for. Right. Even Pharisees, even like his these people, people that are who opponents hate <laughs> yeah. who hate him, who are always coming after him. Like Jesus takes time to answer their questions. And he takes time to to address their concerns. And yeah, they still reject him and they don't want anything to do with him. But there's this graciousness about Jesus, I mm-hmm. think, that like you're talking about, we want to have for ourselves. We want to be that we want to be gracious, inclusive, compassionate, kind, gentle people. And I think we look at that and we go, yeah, like that's like what goodness looks like on some level. Even if I don't believe Jesus is God, that's what goodness looks like. But we're not the only ones that think that. I think what's fascinating in the Bible is Herod and Pilate and the Pharisees, even the centurion. I mean, by all measures, they have pretty good lives. They've got power, authority, wealth. They've, They've got all this stuff. And when... When this, you know, life takes a turn, or for whatever reason, they go to Jesus. Yeah. The centurion's servant is sick. 
he goes to Jesus. Right. Pilate just wants a conversation with him. Right. Herod kind of wants. Oh, he's like, fascinating. Yeah, he wants to see a miracle. He just wants to yeah. see a miracle. Right, right, and like, right, right. So even the people at the time were just fascinated by this benevolent man who seemed mm-hmm. to have all these answers and who seemed it's it's that the idea of you could insult him and it, it didn't get to him you could compliment him and he didn't puff up right it, it's he's the man that people just wanted to be around mm. and that's that's what, and it and I have to think it's not because people are like check out those sandals, right? Oh, man, yeah, right, he had the right. Jordans of the day. Jockos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like, man, look at those gym, Look at his smock. Right? Yeah, do you think right. he called it a yeah. smock or do you think he called it a tunic? I, or, who knows? Yeah, I mean, yeah. there is no seam in that thing. Right. Yeah. That is amazing. That guy right. has got a great tailor. I've got to find out where he shops. I don't think it's that. I don't. I mean, right. there's hints that he wasn't all that. Attractive. Attractive. Right? To look, I didn't yeah, know how to say that. Isaiah, right? right. I mean, like, yeah, he's, he's kind right. of not no stately former majesty, right? Yeah, I mean, which sort of right. flies in the face of all these paintings we have of like right. he's salon fresh every time he walks out Seriously. of something. And I mean, I think he was kind of grimy. I think there's calluses on his hand. I think he's got these strong forearms. He's probably short. Nobody likes to think this, but probably bald. Right. I mean, if he you look at it, kind of looks like you. I mean, a lot right? like me. Yeah, I mean, that's like, hashtag just like Jesus right here. Your image right here on this podcast. I'm glad you pointed that out because I am. I'm wearing sandals today. and you're short and you're bald. <laughs> this right. is, wow, the similarities. Yeah. yeah, but it's it was his persona. Yeah, that it wasn't the stuff that he had. That's the good life that I think people are seeking. Yeah. Okay, and so then let's go to the flip side because mm-hmm. if that's the good life that people like see in Jesus and admire in Jesus and on some level want to emulate, again, even if they're not Christian, they want to emulate. We've talked, you know, we've talked in previous podcasts like Gandhi. Gandhi did what he did because of Jesus. Right. And he was very clear about that. He learned what to, to operate the way he did, nonviolent protest and and seeking to change society and lift up, you know, um, you know, the outcasts and the oppressed in Indian society. He learned to do all of that from Jesus. Right. And he never became a Christian, but that he learned to do it from Jesus. That was his model, right? So why is it that even non Christians model their lives and pattern their lives after Jesus, right? So we've got all that. Now you flip to the other side mm-hmm. and if you talk to folks about and you just, without sort of referencing Jesus, you say, talk to me about what the good life is all about. Yeah. What is it that they say? What, what is it your students say? When you say, tell me, like I get it, they're, they're 16, 17, 18, so kind of on some level, like, you know. At the peak of right? intellectual Right, they don't really know what they don't know yet. Correct, yeah. correct. But, but still, like, they're imbibing values from their parents. They're not mm-hmm. pulling it out of thin air. They're imbibing values from their parents, from the culture around. What do they say the good life is? Without knowing it, they're playing right into Jesus's hands. Yeah, they really. I are. mean, but they're yeah. saying, "So you say, what do you want out of life?" And they mm-hmm. go, "You know, I want." Uh, and th- I think there's this flit of I want happiness and delight and an amazing life, but they won't say that. Mm-hmm. They'll say the stuff that they thinks will get them. That yes. they think will get right. them there. Right. So they'll talk about, "Well, I just love Colorado, so I want to live here, and uh, I'd like a." I'd like a place in the mountains. I'd like, uh, you know, if it's a guy, then I want a wife, a couple of kids. Uh, I want to be able to travel. Uh, and they think about stuff to own or experiences to have. Mm-hmm. And if they could just have those things, that's a good life. Yeah. That's, that's what they want. I don't, I don't think when you're that young, you're thinking about things like legacy. Yeah. I don't think you're thinking beyond. I mean, one of just the just humanity signs of maturity is the idea of, of selflessness, of actually thinking mm-hmm. of another person more than yourself. And yet, 
I don't hear when you ask people to describe the good life, adults or kids, I don't hear a lot of that. You don't hear don't, a lot of no, people no, no, saying, you know, no, I want to no. bless other people who That's have right. less. Or I want right. to, I want to go and serve these people that, that haven't been given the life that I've, that's not typically part of the equation. I mean, it's, right. but I do think that when people do achieve those things that my students say, they have a lot of money and they have a lot of success. They've got this great position or this job or, when they find it unfulfilling, they do what's called humanitarian works. Correct. Which are these attempts right. to feel better about themselves, That's but right. really exist so that they can tell somebody else, well, yeah, I served in Africa this summer right. and I yeah. rescued some chimpanzees from a right. you know, rainforest that is short on water and is devastated yeah. by climate. You know, well, I, I, I think that's exactly right. And what they're looking for there, I think, right, is... <laughs> is a sense of deeper meaning, a sense of deeper purpose. Yeah. That, that clearly the way that they have chosen to live has not yielded, right? Because, but for because a 16 those kids, year old, not yet. They well, still see all the potential. Well, for sure. But even as those 16 year olds become 26 year olds, 36 year olds, 46 year olds, they get married, they have the two kids, then they run into trouble, then they get divorced. Then, you know, or or Sounds or, like a compelling story. You know, or or life just doesn't really you know, their marriage doesn't turn out well. Maybe they stay married, but it just doesn't turn out the way that they want. Eventually, their career tops out. Um, then it becomes all about, you know, can I just get to retirement whenever that is? And then once I'm retired, then I'm going to, like, finally do the things that I want to do. And that means maybe playing, you know, a round of golf every day or something like that. And it falls so flat, right? At the end of the day, it falls so flat. And, again, it's not to say that golf is a bad thing, retirement's a bad thing, pursuing your career is a bad thing, getting married's a bad thing, having none of those things are bad things. They're not, not at all. They're not bad things, they're good things. It's just that when you talk about the good life, what you're talking about, I think, I think what we're talking about, and this is probably the this is where the difference comes between mm-hmm. the way that we pursue life and the way Jesus pursued life. Is Jesus has his his eyes on an ultimate prize, not a temporal prize. Right. Jesus has his eyes on, on something that is truly purposeful and meaningful. And because he has his eyes fixed on that, he gives his life away. And I think fundamentally, that's what people find so attractive to Jesus. Because again, I think there's something down deep that God hardwires into all of us that says, yes, that's how we're supposed to live. We're supposed to live in a way that we give ourselves away. So when life in this world falls flat, it's why we turn to the humanitarian things. Because when we give ourselves away by building a home for Habitat Humanity or going over, to use your example, which was really random, right. you know, into Africa to rescue chimpanzees from a rainforest yeah, without water. Yeah, yeah. It's very specific. I that's don't know very... if that's what... If you need to go do that, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the Lord is calling you to go do Maybe. that, but yeah. but um, you've obviously put some thought into that one. But um, <laughs> that but, but whatever it might be, going down to the Denver Rescue Mission and serving, you know, down there, or or simply coming alongside a child, maybe as a mentor or, or whatever it may be, giving ourselves away. When we do that, every single time, it fills people with life and purpose and. They feel good about themselves. They've tapped into something, and it's the glimpse of something, again, ultimate, something that we were really, truly made for. It really, for a a moment, at least a brief moment in time, however that brief moment in time is, if you think about the path of Jesus, the way of Jesus is one way, and our way is another way, and those two ways are kind of running parallel. If you think about that, when we do that, 
It's like we step off of our path and onto the path of Jesus for just a bit, just a bit. And then it feels really, really good. But then so far too quickly, we jump back onto our path and we just keep going. And we wonder why there's pain. And we wonder why there's pain. Or we wonder why there's just a general sense of dissatisfaction and... And just sort of discouragement and like this sense of like, really, is, is, is that, all, is that, I mean, is that it? Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes, I mean, it seems to me that sometimes people try and live, they want it kind of both ways. Totally. Right. They want the good life, this side of heaven. That earth offers. Right. And yeah. they want the good life that God offers. And so they'll become a Christian, but then they really won't give Jesus their whole life. They'll give them a part of it of, of their life, a part of their time, a part of their money, a part of their talent and energy and resources or whatever. Um, and then they and then they're left to wonder like why why is it that I'm not receiving what the Bible, this abundant life that that, that the Bible says I should receive? Like what is it about that? Sure. Or probably more common yeah. is they don't they don't actually become a Christian. Yeah. But they go through the motions, the motions yeah. of Christianity. Like they mm. They will pray, perhaps they will try to read the Bible and go to church and experience what you're saying yeah. while they're living their lives. And they see this sort of compartmentalization and they, they have this epiphany moment of just going, wow, it, this isn't the life that I was sort of promised. I feel duped. Right. Yeah. And so they see neighbor Bill living a life and he seems to be really happy. And so yeah. I'm going to enter the comparison yeah. game and, and that sort of, <laughs> I, I don't know why Bill's your neighbor, but... I think what, what's interesting to me is there's a quote by C.S. Lewis that's I always go back to because yeah. Yeah. like if I were to tell you, hey, do you wanna do you wanna lose sleep and like just be irritable for a good seven, eight years with a young person living in your house that, that you and your wife birth, who's gonna be disobedient, who's going to have meltdowns at the least or at the worst possible time. They're not going to do what you say. They don't you, produce the, anything, anything that contributes to the family. <laughs> right. They just take, take, like, take. That right. just sounds, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> They're going to take your money, right. kiss your Saturdays goodbye. That's right. All that's like, somebody listening will go, I'm never having children. Right. Right? And I think a lot of people look at the Christian life and they find the worst example of it yeah. or something. Ah. Like, oh, right. Why would I do that? And they measure themselves and they go, I've got a good life. But C.S. Lewis has this great quote. He says, it would, seem to, it would seem that the Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We're half-hearted creatures fooling around with drink and sex and ambition. When infinite joy is offered us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea where we are far too easily pleased. And I think when you offer this good life that Jesus has come to live and offers to all of us. You offer that to somebody who's, who's never experienced it. Hmm. They ask you kind of like, why? Because I, I have friends and I, I think of my neighbors, whose name is Jeff actually, but he, he lives, you said just a moment ago, you said there are good people. You know, there, there are people who do good things basically outside of Christ. And I think that just brings up this idea of, well, how do you define good in yeah. this idea of, good life yeah. because it is a perspective thing. My neighbor loans his tools. He and his wife are very successful. Yeah. They can retire before 60. Uh, they can travel anywhere they want. They can eat whatever they want. Uh, they can have whatever they want. There's, 
it's limitless for them in terms of their salaries yeah. and what the, and so the offer I always make to kids is like, like how much is enough? Because my neighbor has most things and say, well, it'd be nice to have a, you know, supercar or something. Yeah. Okay. I, Floyd Merriweather has a great quote. I don't know if you know, he's this boxer right, who, right. you know, has this undefeated record and, and did this, you know, won so many bouts and made so much money. And he was giving a tour of his home and he's got, you know, this, I think his garage is actually carpeted. He's got these beautiful cars wow. and he's got this closet with a rolling mechanism for all of his watches. And the interviewer says, so you've got all these things. What would you tell somebody, you know, like, like what do you collect? What do you prize? And he doesn't miss a beat. And he says, I collect dust. Hmm. And he, he has this bizarre awareness that five cars doesn't fill him any more than, than two cars would, or one car, or 18 cars. And he's got cars in Las Vegas, he's got cars in Florida, he's got cars in Los Angeles, and he has a color car designated per place. Wow. I can't remember which one it is. Like, Las Vegas only has, like, the red cars and wow. California, you know, that sort of thing. And he, he knows this. He's aware of this. And so you ask young people, and I would guess your experience is the same with yep. older people, but like, what do you think is the threshold for you kind of going, okay, I've made it. Is it uh, the boss of a company? Hmm. Um, wouldn't you want to be the boss of a company that makes more? Is it, you know, I, would two houses make you happy? What about four? Right. Like, don't you think the person with two houses wants a third house or a fourth or a fifth or so this life that Jesus offers us hmm. is sort of so much greater. He, he kind of looks at us with pity and goes, you don't get it. Yeah, that's the, that goes back to the C.S. Lewis quote, right? I you're mean, that goes back wrong. that your 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 perspective is limited, and totally. so so even life in Parker, Colorado, even life in Douglas County, Colorado, which is one of the more affluent areas in the world, it's you know this beautiful part of the state of Colorado, gorgeous scenery. You can get outside. You can do. I mean, life here is by every measure, it's amazing. Good. Yeah, not just good, amazing. It is, and yet, and yet compared. To the kingdom of God, it's like mud pies in the slum. Right. <laughs> right. And because we don't we don't know any different or we don't we don't uh, we, we don't see what what the life that Jesus offers us. We, our, our view is so limited, we settle. We settle. Totally. And so 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 I mean again, it's interesting. I travel around the world with some degree of regularity, and so I, I find myself in all of these different places and and I am so thankful for that because it helps me have perspective. Perspective. I have spent time in rural vi- rural villages in the, I mean, I mean, just the like way out in the boondocks of like Ethiopia, Uganda, these kinds of places where I mean, there's there's nothing except for mud huts and goat herders and and bushes like like scraggly bushes in the desert sort of thing and these people are scratching at a living day by after day after day literally their life is is i get up i i I walk a couple miles to get dirty water out of a out of a of a muddy river i bring it home i cook with it i i i i eat i eat a little bit maybe and then i i go into the fields all day in the brutally hot sun I come home at night and may eat a little bit more. Uh, I, I go to sleep because it's dark. I wake up when the sun comes up and I repeat that cycle all over again. And I do that seven, 24-7, 365, 
for maybe like 50 years and then I die. Yeah. That's my life. And, and, and I interact with these folks and we go and, and, and when we start talking about the kingdom of God to them, when we start reading them out of the scriptures about this heaven, this glorious place where God is going to bring his people, like, like for them, they get the whole mud pie analogy. Yeah. They're like, are you? And that's why I think the gospel is spreading like wildfire in those parts of the world, right? Versus you come here and you start talking to people about, you know, and again, they've got multiple homes or multiple or whatever it is that they might. Not everybody has that. But I mean, for sure, a lot of people do or they have access to those things or whatever it might be. And and on some level, they're like, ah, you know what, like, like the vision of heaven just isn't that much greater than what right. I've got right now. Yeah. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm pretty like much good. there. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why Jesus says like it's harder for rich people to get into the kingdom of heaven than camel to go through an eye of a needle is because of what we have. But I also think that we just we because of how because we're starting at a place that is so good. Like just to be honest, it's just really good to live where we live. Mm-hmm. Because we're starting there, it is harder for us, I think, to understand and appreciate and have the perspective of truly how much greater right. God's kingdom is than what we have even here in Douglas County. And and I think that's the hard part. And so then, um, you know, lay those two lives right alongside one another. And it's like, yeah, my life kind of compares pretty well. And yet it doesn't. We all know that. It falls flat. Yeah. And then we end up in these pl- places where we're like, really, is this all there is? All I am doing is collecting dust. There just isn't that much to it at the end of the day. You know, I remember years ago sitting down with a couple, and this is a couple, one of these couples that has everything, everything you could ever want. Money's not an object for them. Right. And the wife was a believer, and the husband was, they weren't, she wasn't sure. And, and, and they had this amazing life. And then he got pancreatic cancer. And all of a sudden, things change. And all of a sudden, now we're asking different questions. Now we're not asking about what home are we going to spend the weekend at. Now we're asking right. about... We got to be close to this hospital because I got to be chemo treatments and some of those kinds of things, mm-hmm. right? And three days before he died, um, I'm sitting in his living room. He's his body is emaciated and he's at the edge. You know, he's been this unbelievably successful businessman and done so many different things in his life. Really, an amazing person. And um, he's emaciated. He is low energy. I mean, he is at the end. Three days beforehand, and I just looked at him. And I said, "Hey, man. So like, like, are you ready for what's next?" And he was just like, I, I don't know. And I said, well, do you want to be? And that's got us into this conversation about the life Jesus right. offered him. And here he is at the, end of the, at the end of this life. And he's like, yeah, this can't be all there is. And so he gives his life to Christ. And I mean, it's just a beautiful moment. And, um, you know, his wife's become a very good friend of mine. And and she, of course, is rejoicing because she, now she knows that her husband is experiencing, as good as their life has been, he's experiencing a glory that cannot be compared to what they have experienced in mm. this world. And, yeah. and I mean, that's really what we're talking about here with this podcast is we want people to see and catch a glimpse of that glory that God has prepared for us that dwarfs anything we could possibly have totally. on this earth, no matter what you are doing, no matter where you're going, no matter what you have or any of those kinds of things. And on some level, deep down, I think we all know that. And again, that's why when we look at this itinerant, poor preacher who lived 2,000 years ago and didn't live very long, died on a horrible death on a cross, there, there's just... Huh? Bald. Bald. Yeah. Short. <laughs> you know, chacos. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> we look at that guy and we say, there's something that he has figured out yeah. that we don't. And that's what we want. And that ultimately is, I think, when it comes right down to it, it's about understanding that that's what is good. Mm-hmm. And late in comparison to ours, it just makes what, what we're going through, as good as it is, seem impoverished by comparison. And so hopefully that's what people grasp as we're going through these topics and we're talking about these things. They start to think about their life a little bit and think about the abundance that Christ is there to offer. Right. Yeah. I think, I mean, you're a dad. We got a couple minutes left. You got sure. any closing thought on that? Yeah. I, I, I mean, it reminds me of when, you, when you're a dad and your little kid brings you yeah. a, a picture. Yeah. And they go, look at this. You know, they're in first, second grade, yeah. whatever, and they've yeah. colored it. And you, you go, that's good. And, and it is. Yeah. For them. And it, it's like then, you know, pulling out the Mona Lisa or right, something yeah. like that. And here's going, the Rembrandt. Here's, here's, here's what it is. And I think yeah. so often we, right. we kind of cross our arms and take our aggressive posture and say, well, God, you know, I've got a pretty good life. Yeah. And I just imagine God kind of going, huh, right. oh, good, good job, little one. Right. Like, a, like a father would to like a, an eight-year-old. And then turning and looking casually over his shoulder and going, look at this life. Yeah, and and he does that not to make us feel bad. Not at all, I mean, but it's, just it, invitational. It, invitational, it's that's right. Yeah. As yeah. good as you, yeah, as, that, this, that's pretty as good. this, as what you've yeah, done here is. Pretty good. Let me show you what I've got here. Yeah. Waiting for you, if you'll just let me guide and direct your steps. If you'll just let me show you the way. Yeah. Commit yourself to me, and this is what I have for you. If you're going to stay committed to your way, yeah, like you're... Okay. This is what you got. And it's, it's, again, it's not terrible. Right. It's not horrible for most people. For some people, it is terrible and horrible. Right. I mean, let's just right. be honest, right? I right. mean, some people really do have a really, really hard life, life and it's really rough. And we want to acknowledge that. But even here in Douglas County, we want to acknowledge that. That is, that is very true. But Jesus is here to offer us so very much more. So, again, we're just going to keep diving into these topics, talking about things like the good life, talking about why the way of Jesus is better, talking about where we find that life in the Bible, um, and in, in future episodes, we'll be looking at things like, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? Like if Jesus is here to offer us the good life, why is it that so many of Jesus's followers really kind of have it tough? Like, what's that about? So we'll look at that maybe next time. And again, love your comments and want, again, those reviews on the platform on which you are listening. So whatever platform you're listening to our podcast on, please post those comments, post those reviews, subscribe, and stay tuned uh, to Earth Like Heaven as we continue to drop more episodes in the weeks ahead.